This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Life in our modern age comes at you pretty fast, which makes our time away especially valuable. When I take time to relax, I like to get far from my everyday life, immerse myself in natural beauty, and have unique experiences. But you don't have to leave the U.S. to experience tropical rainforests and islands filled with adventure, warm culture, and national treasures. Visit Puerto Rico, an island with a vibrant spirit that will sweep you away. Because when you visit, you don't become part of the island. It becomes part of you. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. Puerto Rico, where visits end, but stories last forever. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hello and welcome to Savor, production of iHeartRadio. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And today we're talking about cream cheese. Yes, cream cheese, which came up in our uh, episode we did on imitation crab. Right, because we were talking about crab rangoon. Yeah, and I, I really got into the history of it. And I mentioned that in passing uh, in that episode. And uh, a lot of you wrote in and said, please do cream cheese. So <laughs> And you shall receive. Uh huh. Eventually, yeah. as we always say. But well, <laughs> we yes. Who have a running list? It <laughs> is promise. a long list. Um, a yes. long disorganized list. But it is quite disorganized. It is a list, and it's interspersed with things like Five Nights at Freddy's, <laughs> which aren't food things. Because <laughs> um, I, I really wanted to record you playing that, and I now have that on VR, and it's. Terrifying. Oh no! Okay, oh, I'm all so I'm like scary. low key already terrified by VR all the time. So yeah, um, oh, I can only play it for like five minutes at a time, and then I have to stop. <laughs> um, but about cream cheese, I, I'm pretty huh. meh on cream cheese. Yeah, um, huh. 
It can be great sometimes. Like sometimes I really, really want it. I'm really craving it. And I know sometimes I've had it and been just so surprised by how good it is. So maybe I'm just not getting great cream cheese a lot. I don't know. But yeah, most of the time I'm just kind of like, meh, meh. Huh. Yeah, uh, cream cheese is the sort of thing that I always, I I struggle with because I understand what a serving size is, but I also, Uh, that is less than the amount that I want to consume. Um, mm -hmm. But, but it's always, it's always so strange if you, if you go out and you get a bagel someplace that does like pretty proper bagels or even improper bagels, like the (laughs) amount of cream cheese that I want is more than an actual serving size, but way less then they will put on a bagel for you <laughs> if they give you a smear of cream cheese with your bagel. Um, and I don't I know. Actually, it's some kind of like Schrodinger's amount of cream cheese. I like don't yeah. understand. Like I I saw, I found a whole article about the very thing you're talking about. <laughs> really? Why do they put so much cream cheese on bagels? <laughs> so that's really funny to me that you bring that up. <laughs> yeah. It's, I'm always, I'm always like, where, how, what do they think I am? <laughs> like, how am I supposed to consume this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I do have many fond memories of uh, there was an Einstein Einstein bagels at uh, Georgia Tech. Oh, uh-huh, where I went uh-huh. to school, and I think I probably only went there two or three times the whole time I was Oof, there. But I'd never wow. been to one before. Oh, wow! And huh. I I remember when I got up to the front and I, they were like, "What do you want?" And I was like, "What do you mean?" And they're like, "Well, you got to choose your bagel." And then I was overwhelmed by that. And then they were like, "Now you got to choose your cream cheese." <laughs> And there were like 24 options. And I'd, n- I'd never seen anything like that before, Lauren. And I was like marveling at it. Like, tell me what that one, what's that one? Oh my god! Tell gosh. me about this one. Everyone behind me, you know, it's like in the morning. They're like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't know this world existed. Sure. Oh, that's that's very sweet. There was, yeah, there was either an Einstein's or, or another bagel chain, probably an Einstein's, like right at the corner in between my uh, my dorm situation and my classes. And so that was a pretty frequent stop for me when I was in college. A, a pretty frequent, relatively sad stop because I, <laughs> I was used to like a much better version of a bagel and schmear. Yeah. I mean, I suppose, speaking of uh, CR bagel episode. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For, you for this it. and other opinions. Yeah, Lauren has very, very, very strong opinions on bagels, mm-hmm. and uh, she laid them out wonderfully in yeah. that episode. I think it was one so. of the only times that we've gotten like like low key hate mail. Um, <laughs> someone someone wrote in um, and and was and was like was like, "How dare you be this opinionated about your bagels? Because you are you you are giving like people from Jersey." A bad name by <laughs> oh, yeah. by being this strongly opinionated. It's you. It's your fault. And I was like, yes. "Wow, you got a lot of power, Lauren." Okay, <laughs> <laughs> dang. You know, I like to think so. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, also, <laughs> I discovered uh, there's a wiki cheese. Oh, well, a that's delightful. Cool fandom. For cheese. And I'm outraged that I didn't know that existed until <laughs> now. <laughs> well, you know, it's never too late to get into the cheese fandom. This is, remember when you went down that cheese hole and you almost didn't come out? That's what's going to happen to me. How did you escape the cheese hole? Um, 
I guess eventually I started a food show (laughs) where we just get to talk about cheese sometimes, but it doesn't have to be all the time. I can mm. I can go off and talk about I don't know pastry lamination for a while if I need okay. to. All right. Well, if you get a frantic text later, okay, about the cheese hole, just be ready to yeah. send me on a different uh, yeah food rabbit hole. No, no problem. I'm here for you. Um, Perfect. Yeah, we can we can always find something else. Probably yes. fermentation related. <laughs> yes. Yes. As we've discovered. Um, but I suppose for today we are talking about cheese. So we let's are. get to our question. Mm-hmm. Cream cheese. What is it? Well, uh, cream cheese is a type of fresh cheese that's made usually from cow's milk uh, with a high percentage of fat or, you know, cream. Um, it's sort of like a like a buttery cheese or like a cheesy butter, maybe. Um, it's, it's a very thick, opaque white, uh, sort of creamy, sticky, and just a little bit tart and a little buttery. Um, it's not aged, or if it is, it's aged very, very little, uh, so it doesn't have any kind of rind. And it's sold in tubs or in little, uh, foil packets in boxes, which got me thinking, is this technically a, a, a goon situation? Is, oh, is cream cheese a goon product? See, Australia, right in. I thought you were talking about <laughs> like like a hitman or something. Oh. <laughs> like the goon? Like, no. Yeah, I was like, oh, I don't understand this reference. No, 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 because it's a bag in a box. It's a little foil bag in a box. Anyway, it's not quite a bag, and you're not like squeezing it out through a, through a well, faucet, probably. Yeah, but you can... You could make that happen, and you can certainly open the foil in such a way. Yeah, that you could squeeze it out. Yeah. You could. Mm -hmm. You could. (laughs) Anyway, um, I don't know if they actually have cream cheese in in that packaging in Australia. I'm pretty sure in the UK it's only in tubs, so. Yeah, yeah. Again, yeah, let us know. Gosh. Anyway, uh, here in the U.S., um, the finished product must consist of at least 33% fat and a maximum of 55% moisture. Um, And it's made, cream cheese, by by standardizing a mixture of milk and cream to the the correct percentage of fat that you want to work with, then pasteurizing that to kill off any microbes that might be floating around in there, giving you a nice blank slate. Because then you're going to introduce a starter culture of lactic acid bacteria. And that's right. That means bacteria poop. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> so we, we've talked about this process in previous cheese episodes and in our butter episodes a little bit. But, um, but basically, in, in order to solidify milk into cheese of any sort, you've got to convince the milk's solids and liquids to separate out from each other. And under normal milk circumstances, um, those solids are, are, are distributed evenly throughout those liquids in what's called an emulsion because, um, because the solids are all negatively charged particles and, and the liquid is neutrally charged. So, so like two same ends of a magnet in the air, um, the, the, the particles push off of each other and space themselves out in the liquid in an emulsion. Um, but if you add an acid to the mix— It'll neutralize the solid's charge, and then the solids will stop repelling each other and start clumping together. Um, And it just so happens 
that there are a whole bunch of friendly bacteria called lactic acid bacteria that love to eat the sugars in milk. And it also happens that they excrete acids. Um, So you add a culture of those to your milk and they do this work for you. Um, They also excrete flavor. Um, In addition to the the bright flavor of the acid, um, there's probably going to be a little bit of uh, butter flavor in there as well. So to make cream cheese from milk, you get your you get your creamy milk, you, you let the bacteria grow, the solids clump together for a little while, maybe like 5 to 15 hours, then kill off the bacteria by heating the product up, break up the clumps a little bit so that the texture of, of the stuff is smooth, and then strain out as much of the liquid uh, called whey as you want by, by, by either draining it or um, centrifuging it. Yeah. Then you can either cold pack your cream cheese if it's going to be eaten like very soon, very fresh. Or you can uh, hot pack it and homogenize it using some kind of stabilizer, like a like locust bean gum, if you want it to uh, be be shelf or not shelf stable, like refrigerator stable for a couple months. Oh. Uh huh. Uh huh. That's why uh, many many grocery store brands of cream cheese will have some locust bean gum or something like that in there, just as a stabilizer, just to keep it keep it fresher longer and tex- textury mm-hmm. longer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And there are lower-fat cream cheese products on the market, often buffed up with even more stabilizers for texture. Um, you, you can make similar products with plant-based milks for, for people who are avoiding dairy. You can even make it at home. It is a little bit tricky to get the texture right, um, but it's totally possible. And the, the result is um, smooth and spreadable. Um, it's used as a topping for baked goods like bagels um, and as a creamy ingredient in both savory and sweet dishes um, from a filling in like more other baked goods to kind of like a sauce binder in casseroles um, to a creamy element in dips to a texturizer and flavorizer in ice creams, in cheesecakes, in frostings. Um, As a topping, it is often blended, as Annie was saying, with um, various flavorings and add-ins, both sweet and savory. Yes. It's in all kinds of things when I was thinking about it earlier. Mm -hmm. Like, sometimes I don't, I don't realize how much cream cheese is in our cuisine. It's, here in the US. Yeah, here here, especially once you get into the like the the like hot dips and casseroles category. Yeah. It is just yeah. everywhere because it's delicious. It's fatty. It's it's gonna make mm. everything just creamy and great. <laughs> um, but okay, well, what about <laughs> the nutrition though? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, cream cheese gets its name from cream being added to the milk during production. It, it's a it's a calorie-dense food. Um, lot, lot lots of fats in there. Um, it also does have a bit of protein though. Um, you know, it, it'll it'll certainly help fill you up, but in order to keep you going, I would recommend pairing it with more protein and some and some veg. Always, always eat a vegetable. That's one of our many mottos here mm-hmm. at Saber. Mm-hmm. Always eat a vegetable. Um, for numbers, we do have some numbers. Mm-hmm. So the brand Philadelphia Cream Cheese accounts for about 60% of the cream cheese market. Philadelphia Cream Cheese is available in over 80 countries. Huh. Huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As of 2007, a production of cream cheese and uh, the the related American version of Neufchatel in the U.S. was at around um, 350,000 metric tons per year. As of 1997, Americans were consuming about 2.7 pounds of cream cheese per person per year, which is about 1.2 kilos 
which I'm impressed by. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I'm teetering between. I can't tell if that's way more than I thought or way less than I would have thought. <laughs> right, right. I'm kind of, yeah. I'm kind of like, ah, yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> the I will say that the bagel boom in the United States right around the uh, the the mid to late '90s like significantly upped our national per capita consumption. Mm. But the uh, bagel boom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and speaking of, um, cheese consumption overall has been going down a little bit in the United States the past couple of years. Um, I, I think just as people are a little bit more uh, aware of, of how calorie dense those foods can be. Um, but, uh, but, but cream cheese seems to be a staple that is not going anywhere. Cream cheese is here to stay. Yeah, but... But how did we get here? How did to it here? get here? Yes. <laughs> ah, Lauren, even even virtually, we are on the same page. Oh, yeah, we are. Um, <laughs> but yes, uh, we will get into that history. But first, we're going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsor. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressings, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Discover Puerto Rico. We've talked in a bunch of different episodes about facets of Puerto Rican cuisine, um, like the dish mofongo, made of savory, deep-fried mashed plantains studded with some kind of tasty protein, and the creation of the cool, creamy pina colada. But there is so much more there. Um, I've actually never been. You have a tiny bit of experience, don't you? Yes. Unfortunately, it was a very tiny bit of experience. Mm -hmm. I was there for about a day. I'm kicking myself for that now. I remember having delicious rums, delicious drinks. But I want to go back because, yeah, so many episodes we do on here, when we're talking about food from Puerto Rico, I want that. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> it sounds amazing. We're trying to get a saver team trip yeah. together. Oh, absolutely. Well, I mean, we're we're trying to get a trip to a lot of places, but this is yeah. this is really top of the list. Even putting together this ad read made me hungry. I was like, oh, oh, I want to try those things. Yeah, as we've talked about before, there are influences there from African and Spanish and native Taino foodways. The culinary scene sounds amazing, and we want to go. And I'm hungry. No me passport too. is required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. You can learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. 
you know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. So... Cream cheese's predecessor, the European Neufchatel cheese, goes all the way back to 1035, um, though the first record of it doesn't appear until 1543. It originated in Normandy, France, in a small village called neufchatel Ombre, hence the name. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a cow's cheese that was a bit harder than cream cheese, a bit grainier. Um, it was eaten fresh or slightly aged. It had these notes of, like, mushrooms and nuts. Um, it was salty, savory cheese. This is all what I got from reading articles about it. I am notoriously bad at describing how things taste, but also <laughs> I've never had it. Um, uh, and yeah, that's I, that could probably be its own episode, but very probably. brief. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and if you jump all the way ahead to 1969, this cheese was given the AOC in France, which again is sort of that like France way of saying it's only this and it has to be from here and it has to have these ingredients at this percentage and yeah. kind of a national... Uh, designation of what that is. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, uh, French Neuchâtel is is still a whole kind of separate category. Um, it's made with whole raw cow's milk. It's got a soft bloomed rind, like a like a brie or a camembert. Um, sometimes it comes in a heart shape. Uh, oh. uh, supposedly first made by French dairy maids who were trying to woo English soldiers during the Hundred Years' War. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, traditionally made, um, that, that savory, earthy rind should encase this, uh, uh, creamy and, and yeah, just slightly grainy interior that's got a little bright papalactic acid to it. Um, and, and yeah, h- here in the U.S., I think I've only ever seen Neufchatel, like, packaged the same way that our cream cheese is and sometimes sold as, like, low-fat cream cheese because it's um, supposed to have between 20 to 33% fat as opposed to the over 33 that cream cheese is supposed to have. So, uh, yep, there you go. Just Americans mucking about with stuff again. <laughs> as we want to do. Yeah, and um, also I, I do love that that we looked up how to say that word because, uh, Neuchatel, because I'm pretty sure that every time I saw it on packaging before now, I've just been like, confused and just my brain went, I don't know, axolotl? What? Sure. Let's move on. Um. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Your brain was just like, nah. No. Nope. <laughs> Unimportant. <laughs> I I will say, I know we did look it up and uh, the version we're saying is the English pronunciation. So uh, just put that out there. <laughs> cool. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, cool. So the earliest documentation of cream cheese uh, goes back to England in 1583. Um, But I couldn't find any other documentation of that other than this phrase appeared in England at that time from the Merriam-Webster Dictionary. So I 
it probably wasn't the same thing at all. Um, yeah, th- there are a few um, a few descriptors of these types of soft um, soft cheeses, soft fresh cheeses that run around various parts of, of Europe that had cows and were making cheese um, uh, mm-hmm. for for all of this intervening time from from like the 11th century up through the mid 16th century, mid to late 16th century, and it's a little bit hard to to suss out whether they were just talking about like any old soft rind uh, right. cheese like this, or if it was like a specific product that we would recognize as being that today. I think it's the former. Um, but yeah, at yeah. any rate. Yes. At any rate, the history of cream cheese in the United States begins sometime in the 1870s with a farmer in New York named William Lawrence. Lawrence grew up working as a farmhand for his impoverished family, eventually going on to marry a farmer's daughter. And he and many of the farmers around him made Neuchâtel cheese, um, sending these wrapped-up rolls of it to the city. Um, one day, um, this fancy grocer approached Lawrence and requested that he make a pricier deluxe version. Mm-hmm. So, what did he do? What did Lawrence do? Essentially, he added more fat. <laughs> um, he <laughs> took curdled milk and pressed as much of the liquid out as he could and replaced that liquid with cream. And he went with the obvious name, cream cheese. There you go. There you go. And cream cheese did start as a high-priced luxury item well-to-do diners might request in New York City. More and more farmers started making their own cream cheeses, which impacted the price. A pound of cream cheese cost about 30 cents in 1889. In 1909, it rose to 40 cents a pound. Hmm. Um, and it was wrapped in foil from these early days. If you've ever bought it in that type of packaging and wondered why such a weird, fussy, <laughs> yeah. kind of difficult piece of packaging exists in these are modern times, you can you can thank the late 1800s. Yes, I have wondered that, in fact. <laughs> why am I struggling with this? Um, <laughs> enter Alva Reynolds, the cheese broker. And not to fix dun, the dun, packaging, dun. but to you know, do other stuff. Yes. Yeah. Yes, he's just entering yes. this outline. <laughs> um, he came to Lawrence with an offer to distribute Lawrence's product under the name Philadelphia Cream Cheese. Mm-hmm. Not because the cheese came from Philadelphia. Nope. Mm-mm. Because it doesn't. <laughs> it didn't. But Pennsylvania, and particularly Philadelphia, was well-known. They were both well-known for producing the best cheeses at the time, some Mm -hmm. of the best cheeses. So it seems like there's a lot of fraudulent marketing uh, in cheese. I feel like every cheese episode we've done, I've been like, what? Yeah, it's like, and then they lied to us (laughs) to get us to buy more cheese when really they just had to say it's cheese and it would have been like, cool. (laughs) I'm into cheese. (laughs) Uh, yeah, um, Lawrence had begun his, his cream cheese work in 1872, which is why Philadelphia brand cream cheese still bears that date. Um, really, the brand name itself wasn't used until 1880, which I guess is more like cheese marketing lies. <laughs> but, but that's cool. Anyway. Cheese marketing lies is the spinoff show we need. <laughs> That's our true crime. That's our true crime show. Yes. Oh, I would be so into it. (laughs) All right. All right. Um, Soon enough, Lawrence couldn't keep up with demand. So Reynolds 
uh, went to other dairy farmers and brought them in to the Philadelphia cream cheese fold, selling all of their products under the same name. Um, Still, not quite enough. And Reynolds started his own dairy farm. He called it the Phoenix Cheese Company. And by 1905, he was already heavily marketing his products. Mm -hmm. And Lawrence, by the way, was elected mayor of Chester, New York in 1893. Oh, yeah. Good for him. Yeah. <laughs> Getting involved in local politics. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I read his obituary. It sounded like he also invented some other things. I was huh. like, oh, interesting guy. Yeah. Um, in 1928, Phoenix Cream Cheese became a part of the fairly newly established Kraft Cheese Company, mm-hmm. which I know we've touched on that in several episodes. James L. Kraft's invention of cheese pasturation became integral to the process of making Philadelphia cream cheese. This is also around the time that cream cheese's price dropped and the first round of ads for Yankee cream cheese ran in the Yiddish press. And also around this time, a New York cheese distributor and manufacturer named Breakstones started advertising a higher fat cream cheese to the Jewish community. Your blintzes will taste much better with Breakstones cream cheese, the copy read. Things like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Breakstones, now known mostly for uh, for their sour cream um, and their cottage cheese products. But, um, but, but yeah, um, interestingly, brief Breakstones side note, um, one of the uh, foremost experts on cream cheese— <laughs> out there um, is this uh, this rabbi, oh my goodness, by the name of Jeffrey Marks. And yeah, he's he's a distant relative of the Breakstones and mm-hmm. learned that and so started researching stuff about cream cheese, thinking like having heard a rumor that the Breakstones were the, the originators of cream cheese as we know it, yeah. um, which was untrue. But then he just got so into learning about mm-hmm. cream cheese that now he's like invited to come lecture on cream cheese and he's like yeah. written, written all these articles about cream cheese. He's yep. he's pretty great anyway. Yeah. I, I do love when we're researching a topic and one name comes up over and over, over again. And over and like over. The expert. <laughs> yeah. And like just how do you become that expert where like everybody's like, He's the cream cheese guy. Yep. <laughs> Get him on the line. That's we we gotta talk about cream cheese. So we need him. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I mean, here we are mentioning him. <laughs> Love it. Uh, yeah, yeah, me too. Uh, the end of the 1920s and beginning of the 1930s is also when the relationship between bagels and cream cheese blossomed and cemented mm-hmm. in the United States. Uh, prior to that, uh, like we discussed in our bagel episode, bagels were tougher and thinner and the hole in the center was huge. Um, not really ideal for spreading cream cheese. But uh, with wheat flour bagels, that all changed. I'll tell you that that this relationship is so just cemented here. Mm-hmm. I found, like, researching cream cheese, I found more articles on bagels. Yeah, like absolutely. They just popped up, and yeah. I wasn't looking for them. And it would be, like, the history of the bagel with a little bit about cream about cheese. About cream cheese. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's, def- it's definitely a, like, like peanut butter and jelly level yeah. uh, association here. And, uh, it, yeah, um, as I think we did talk about in that bagel episode, um, uh, wheat flour was more an American thing than it mm-hmm. had been in some of the countries um, where bagels originated in, in Europe, um, where uh, uh, rye flour would have been a right. little bit more likely to have been used. So... Right, right, right. Yeah. Wheat's, wheat's a little bit fluffier, so. Yeah, fluffier bagel. Yeah. Um, 
But let's step back a bit to the 1900s when we see the first recipes for cream cheese pie and cream cheese cakes in American recipe books. Um, In 1929, cheesecake took a real step forward after a cheesecake made from cream cheese from New York, from a New York deli, won at that year's World Fair, New York cheesecake. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And this, I definitely want to do a whole episode about. I, I, I... I have just a little bit of an aside. I couldn't help myself. Um, uh, cheesecake might be one of my favorite. It's it's way up there in terms of favorite desserts. Like it's one of the mm-hmm. few things that I crave really hard. Um, but yeah. Uh, th- so so brief aside. Um, the idea of making cakes from fresh cheeses had been around for a long heck in time. It probably came over to America with Italian immigrants um, and those sorts of things go all the way back to like the second century BCE in Rome, possibly even further than that in Greek cuisine. Um, But yeah, New York cheesecake happened thanks to cream cheese. Um, And over the next couple decades uh, from from 1929 into the 1930s and 40s, it would become this very popular New York City deli and diner dessert um, made famous by places like Lindy's in the theater district and uh, Rubens. And one Duncan Hines, who was a real person, which I did Mm -hmm. not know that thing, Mm -hmm. um, but cooler if I did know, I've completely forgotten it and got to be pleasantly surprised again. Um, (laughs) Uh, he published a recipe for uh, Lindy's version in 1933. So cute. Uh, he wrote, As I write this, gold is worth somewhere around $32 an ounce. Lindy's cheesecake, at 45 cents a slice, is somewhat less expensive, yet a good many people who have eaten at Lindy's famous Broadway restaurant consider it pure gold. Oh, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I think we were... When we were going to Lexington, one of our field trips, and I was like planning out the road trip, we tried to go to, oh. there's a Duncan Hines Museum. Yeah, now I remember, um, totally. Yeah, one day. Ah. Uh, <sighs> sort of related to all of this, in the 1900s, Kraft started publishing recipes utilizing Philadelphia cream cheese after they purchased it um, in magazines, further popularizing it um, across the United States. These recipes range from all kinds of things. Yes, the dips, the casseroles, the cheesecakes, the stuffings. Um, And I feel like that comes up a lot in these two, where I've just never appreciated the impact these sort of company-sponsored magazines had on our, like, cultural On our entire dietary, like, preference set. It's really wild. Yeah, yeah. Um, I still have that banana one you you let me borrow. Oh, yay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, bagels, cream cheese, and lox seems to have been associated, seems to have become associated with the Jewish community in the 1940s. Mm-hmm. Um, as we mentioned in our, oh, what episode was it? It's one of my favorite quotes, and I was racking my brains trying to remember. Uh, the history of the carrot cake. It must have been our carrot episode. That oh, sense. sure. Um, yeah, yeah. Is really murky. And I found this quote from a cake expert that said, like, Basically, it was her Moby Dick. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I love like the his, the mystery of the carrot cake. Yeah. Um, but the first known recorded instance of using cream cheese frosting to cover carrot cake comes from an American recipe book dating back to the 1960s. 
Yes, um, but American recipes had been calling for serving um, uh, like sweet breakfast breads, like banana nut bread, with spreads of cream cheese as early as the 1930s. So I think that there was probably just some kind of like slow evolution of yeah. that type of cake and those type of quick breads um, mm-hmm. and and that type of uh, frosting getting just sweeter and sweeter. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. Um, Philadelphia cream cheese was introduced to the UK in the 1960s as well. Um, Tubs of Philadelphia cream cheese became available in 1970. And those foil wrappers most of us are familiar with, they've come in those. Um, In 1977, the company debuted Philadelphia Light. Mm -hmm. As we mentioned in our Imitation Crab episode, um, this whole thing of making sushi palatable to Americans This was a big push in the 1980s. um, Involved a lot of cream cheese. Oh, yes. That's still, oh man. Are are you ever like reading a sushi menu and and, and, like the the description of a roll and you get to that one ingredient that just makes you go, whoa, oh no. Uh Yeah, cream cheese (laughs) is that for me. That's, I used to really love it. I do find it very funny that the Philadelphia roll, which almost (laughs) always has cream cheese, does not, uh, Philadelphia cream cheese doesn't come from Philadelphia. Um, But I suppose the name is still Philadelphia, so I guess that's legit. It's still, still, yeah, it's like a pun, I guess, kind of, yeah, because it's probably that brand, like, yeah, I don't know, like six out of ten. Um, I, I, I will, and no shade on anyone who likes cream cheese in their sushi. You do what makes you happy. Um, yeah. I used to be very fond of it when I was younger. So, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It is, it was interesting to read um, sort of this, like, nostalgic brand loyalty to Philadelphia cream cheese. Mm-hmm. And I read several articles where people were, the uh, writer was trying to get to the bottom of why that is. And it was interesting to hear chefs say, you know, it might not be my favorite, but it's just consistent. And I know most people use it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they'll use it to test recipes or, or mm-hmm. whatever. And mm-hmm. I, I just thought that was interesting. I'd never really thought about that aspect of it before. When a brand is so, you know, that's probably what people are going to use when you say cream cheese. So you're going to test your recipes with With that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Huh. I never thought about that before. I guess, um, gosh, uh, there, there, there was this this amazing. When I, if I'm in a grocery store, I'm probably going to go for Philadelphia brown cream cheese. Um, this is not sponsored by them. I'm just making nope. a statement. Um, but my preference, if I if I can, is to go to a deli or a bagel place mm. and get yeah. their cream cheese that mm-hmm. is probably sourced from some awesome dairy somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's good yeah. stuff. Um, well, speaking of Philadelphia cream cheese, mm-hmm. that line introduced several new products in the first decade of the 2000s, like mini tubs, Philadelphia extra light, new flavors like garden vegetables, basil, <laughs> or basil. <laughs> uh, the packaging went through a redesign. Just always invo- evolving. Always, always. <laughs> yes. um, and then oh, there, there was that whole... Um, uh, cream cheese tea thing that happened over the past couple oh, years yeah. um that uh that like 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 asian cafe um like like japanese and korean cafe trend of um using cream cheese to make like a sort of like a like a foamy thick whipped topping um for mm-hmm. 
I've mostly seen it on hot teas, I think, but I suppose, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it goes on cold beverages as well. Um, I, I, I know, I know like um, Sweet Hut here in Atlanta um, has some cream cheese teas. Oh. Um, I don't think I've ever had it because I was always like, I don't know if I want that. And now that I think <laughs> about it, it's probably delicious. Like, I love the flavor yeah. of cream cheese. I like, like, a good, like, hot milk tea. So, mm. man, I've been I've been missing out. The craving of the episode. I didn't know that's what it was going to be. There you go. Wow. <laughs> All right. Well, listeners, write in. Let us know about your experiences with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and speaking of, that's about what we have on cream cheese for today. But we do have listener mail. We do. But first, we've got one more quick break for a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Discover Puerto Rico. We've talked in a bunch of different episodes about facets of Puerto Rican cuisine, um, like the dish mofongo, made of savory, deep-fried mashed plantains studded with some kind of tasty protein, and the creation of the cool, creamy piña colada. But there is so much more there. Um, I've actually never been. You have a tiny bit of experience, don't you? Yes. Unfortunately, it was a very tiny bit of experience. (laughs) I was there for about a day. I'm kicking myself for that now. I remember having delicious rums, delicious drinks. But I want to go back because, yeah, so many episodes we do on here, when we're talking about food from Puerto Rico, I want that. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) it sounds amazing. We're trying to get a saver team trip yeah. together. Oh, absolutely. Well, I mean, we're we're trying to get a trip to a lot of places, but this is yeah. this is really top of the list. Even putting together this ad read made me hungry. I was like, oh, oh, I want to try those things. Yeah, as we've talked about before, there are influences there from African and Spanish and native Taino foodways. The culinary scene sounds amazing, and we want to go. And I'm hungry. No passport is required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. You can learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. 
Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. And we're back with Listener Man. Man. I'm... You know, smooth is not necessarily my thing. I did appreciate when you said I was smooth. Um, but, you know, I gave it a try. <laughs> That's how I see it. <laughs> no, I liked it. And it was kind of, you, you were making a, a gesture that was sort of, sort of like a, like a schmear, like a, yeah. yeah. I was putting the, the cream cheese on the bagel. Yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> Um, so we have a letter from Alicia who has been embarking on a journey of binging all of our episodes uh, and has been just sending us, I know we've read some of her letters before, but I love it, uh, updating on what episodes she's seen <laughs> and her thoughts on them. So Alicia wrote about our, our recent re-release of the Mocktail episode. This episode reminded me of the mocktail that is featured in the sixth book of the series of unfortunate events, huh. the Arats Elevator, the <laughs> Aqueous Martini. This drink was essentially cold water with an olive in it. <laughs> when the Baudelaire children were with Esme and Jerome Squalor, uh, this was considered the very in drink in a fashionable society. No surprise that the kids didn't like it. Hmm. Um, which, side note, I love that. And that is so funny. That's a very good commentary on, like, what's in. Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> uh, then she wrote about Thousand Islands dressing. I live in the Thousand Islands. This was created to be served with fish when fishing was a large part of the area. However, the town that it belongs to is wildly disputed up here. Oh, okay. Ooh, yeah. Mm-hmm. In a barbecue episode, there was talk of eating alligator. The New York State Fair has a booth every year where you can eat alligator on a stick. Along with that, they offer wild boar and kangaroo. Once I got over the fear that Kangaroo Jack and his friends weren't going to dropkick me for eating it, I decided <laughs> it's the best thing I have ever eaten. Huh. Coffee commercial. <laughs> because I enjoy your silly puns and jokes, I was a bit disappointed that the phrase wasn't, if my coffee is weak, then I am weak. Oh. But no matter. I have a new silly coffee model for you. I grind my coffee fresh daily. And with that being said, you got to grind those beans if you want to grind those dreams. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I'm in. Oh, I'm yeah. In. It makes me feel like my morning cup of coffee is like so badass as opposed to what it is right now, which is kind of just like, oh, God, get me caffeine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Please, as soon as possible. <laughs> Pour it into my eyeballs. How does it get in faster? Yeah. Yeah, that's how I feel. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, um, Hayward wrote, As a Key West resident, I was amazed how many times you mentioned Key West without giving it any credit. This Miami or Tampa thing is utter BS. Miami did not even exist, and the Tampa cigar makers moved there from Key West. As far as the U.S. goes, the Cuban sandwich was made for Key West cigar makers lunch long before either Tampa or Miami didn't even exist. <laughs> and there is no salami in an authentic Cuban sandwich. 
Again, that is just newbie BS. Dang, another city Ah, enters ah. the fray. (laughs) Oh, I love this. I love this so much. Oh, my heck. Um, uh, Also, I will say that my friend uh, Cody, who is uh, from Central Florida, um, uh, told me very firmly that that salami is in an authentic Cuban sandwich and that anything else is BS. Oh, this is awesome. I love how many people are so, like— no, this is sort of the Cuban sandwiches forever. This is what it is. And that's it. And, and I, I actually responded to Hayward, and he responded back with more points. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great. <laughs> yep. Uh, please keep those coming. We, we love it. Oh, yeah. Well, we adore a strong opinion if you did not know that about us. Yes, yes. And you can send those to us. We would love to get them. Thanks to both of these listeners for already doing so. If you'd like to email us, our email is hello at saverpod.com. We are also on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at SaverPod, and we do hope to hear from you. Saver is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Thanks, as always, to our super producers, Dylan Fagan and Andrew Howard. Thanks to you for listening, and we hope that lots more good things are coming your way. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressings, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Life in our modern age comes at you pretty fast, which makes our time away especially valuable. When I take time to relax, I like to get far from my everyday life, immerse myself in natural beauty, and have unique experiences. But you don't have to leave the U.S. to experience tropical rainforests and islands filled with adventure, warm culture, and national treasures. Visit Puerto Rico, an island with a vibrant spirit that will sweep you away. Because when you visit, you don't become part of the island, it becomes part of you. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. Puerto Rico, where visits end, but stories last forever. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender-inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit-tested for all-day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. 